Hey, thank you for tuning in to the Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Rico. Our hope is that today's message adds life and power to your journey as you grow. Thanks for joining us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, praise team, for that beautiful reminder that we've got to make room. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Relove, it is good to be here today with you all. Are you all good? Amen. Let me hear you give God a great big praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I am so excited to be here with you, and it is so good to be able to minister with Paula again. Uh, And I just give God praise for the amazing way that God is working in and through your life. I praise God for your leadership here, and um, Pastor Rico, and just the Relove leadership team. I praise God for you all. Today, uh, I want to also of course, we already mentioned my husband, but I got—I have to mention my husband, uh, Pastor Kurt. Uh, and when when Paula was in San Diego, her husband is was in the uh, Navy, and now my husband is in the Navy. I may—I may—we have to talk. <laughs> And so I am praising God. He's now a Navy chaplain and uh, my son here with me. But most of all, I'm excited that the Holy Ghost is here. Amen. Amen and amen. I'm going to read in your hearing Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. It reads like this. So it was that while they were there... The days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Our message today is entitled, Understand the Assignment understand the assignment. Would you pray with me? Our gracious heavenly Father, God, we give you praise, honor, and glory. We thank you that you are here with us and we feel you. Father, we ask that you would open up our ears. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying and help us to not just be hearers of the word, but God, help us to be doers of the word. Help us to understand the assignment and we will give you praise, honor, and glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen and amen. So this month we have enjoyed the God Can series. And I love that phrase because that phrase will preach God can. Um, The thought that whatever you face, whatever you need, we serve a God who can. God can heal. God can deliver. God can save. God can. But can I be honest? Do you know what else I hear in that statement? A little uncertainty, like God can, God can heal, God can deliver, God can save, God can. It's almost like the leper in Matthew chapter 8 verse 2 who said to Jesus, if you're willing, you can make me whole. It's like we know God can, but we don't know if he will. And sometimes I feel some kind of way when God doesn't answer the way I want him to. I I feel some kind of way because I know God can. 
It's almost offensive to me to know that he can, but not know if he will. It's almost like God is saying, I could bless you. I could open up the windows of heaven. I could hook you up. But sometimes I'm like, God, why didn't you? And the Bible story that gives me a lot of questions is of the story of dear Mary, the mother of Jesus. I cannot imagine that she is in labor and has nowhere to have her baby. I mean, ladies, in this Women's History Month, labor and delivery is hard in a birthing suite. Am I right? So how much more in a barn? I cannot imagine that heaven had been planning for this for thousands of years and nobody thought to book a room. Did they not understand the assignment? And I've always low-key felt some kind of way about the manner and situation into which Jesus was born. Apparently, heaven knew about this day before there was an earth. The Bible says that this thing was planned for from before the foundation of the world. And even in the first days of human history, when uh, uh, God spoke to Adam and Eve, he told Eve that a seed would be born that would crush the serpent, crush the devil. Prophets foretold of this event. It did not catch heaven by surprise. So what that says to me is that they had thousands of years to build a labor and delivery center or at least an extra in, or at least to tell uh, 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 Uncle Simeon to save them a place. God can, right? For a minute, I felt like God dropped the ball a little bit with this birth. I know it sounds sacrilegious, but don't worry, God got me straight. Usually when we hear this story, we're reminded to make sure that we make room for Jesus, amen. It was messed up 2,000 years ago, but uh, between all the living and dying and resurrecting, the saving and the setting free, there should be a place for him in you and in me. Amen. That's a good message, one we all need to hear, but I'm going to preach another one today. I think that God wants us to understand the assignment. He wants us to make room for the mission. See, Mary and Joseph had a mission, and the mission was not to check into a hotel. The mission was not to eat matzos with Joseph's family. Uh, it wasn't to have a lot of money or to hang out in palaces. They were to give birth and shepherd the Lamb of God, Jesus the Christ. Their mission was not to be comfortable or pain-free. They understood the assignment to birth the prince of peace. And there are some times that we get so engrossed in the minutia that we forget the mission. We don't understand the assignment. I mean, even in this story, I got stuck on the end and did not get to the end, salvation full and free for the world. Have you all ever played that game where Someone shows you a picture of something, um, but it's really zoomed in and you have to guess what the big picture is. Have you all done that before? Okay, some of you are saying yes, some of you not so much. Well, guess what? We're about to play now. 
Amen and amen. So we're going to throw something on the screen, I hope. And I want you all to tell me what that is. Top of a pumpkin thingy. Uh, any other guesses? I heard, I heard an apple stem. A core. A carrot. Okay, I hear, I, I hear a lot of great uh, uh, answers. Let's see what it is. It's an apple. Very good. I heard somebody say it. Uh, let's look at the next one. What do you all think this is? A bell pepper, a tomato. Let's see what it is. Ah, it's a Coke bottle or a top. Okay, one more. Let's see what the next one is. What do you all think that is? Did you say esophagus? You must be a singer. <laughs> I heard a balloon. Anything else? The circulatory. Y'all are deep every love. Okay, let's show them what it really is. A grapefruit. A grapefruit. Okay, uh, the next one. That got y'all stumped. Okay, let's just show them the answer. <laughs> it was a stick of gum. It was a stick of gum. And I can't remember, is there one more? If there's one more, let's put it up. A spider web. Anything else? Okay, let's show them. There's your tomato. We've, you all been saying tomato several times. There is your tomato. Now, the reason that this game is so hard is because we took one little aspect of the picture and we blew it up. We focused on one little detail and we missed everything else. And doesn't that just sound like us? Like, we'll come to church. They'll be singing our song. 20 people will hug and love on you. The sermon will speak to you. And that one person will say something that rubbed you the wrong way. And you will let that 30 seconds overshadow the whole 90-minute experience. You'll let that dominate your mind and your uh, conversation. We do not understand the assignment. We take one aspect of a situation, of a circumstance, of a day, of somebody's personality, and we blow it up. And we make it hard to recognize what was really going on. We make it hard to recognize how God is actually at work. And I mean, real talk, if we can't understand or recognize things that we see every day, how are we going to be able to recognize God's great ways? The Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His callings are greater than our comforts. His assignments are larger than our ease. His missions are bigger than our mishaps. What if it wasn't even a mishap? What if God meant to do it? And there are some of us who are stuck at the place where we feel like God could, where we prayed he would, where we thought he should, and he didn't. In the movie Infinity Ward, they were faced with this terrible problem. 
And Dr. Strange could see all of the solutions. There were millions of them. But they wanted the one that would save the world. And so that is the path that they chose. Uh, and, and they thought it would be good. They thought it would be easy, but uh, it was a hard road. It was the road where they had to cry. It was the road where they had to lose some friends. They wanted things to be different. And there was a time where Dr. Strange acted like he was in cahoots with the enemy. And they're looking like, bro, what are you doing? But he understood the assignment. And there are some prayers that we have prayed. There are some heart desires that we have laid before God. There are some missions and some purposes and some destinies and some assignments that we have to walk in. And though we would love comfort and yes, we hope for ease, God understands the assignment. And he's going to do whatever is necessary to bring you to completion. He says, I know the plans that I have toward you. They're not of evil or to harm you. I'm going to give you a future and a hope. I understand the assignment and I'm praying that you do too. And so I was reading about Bethlehem and then it dawned on me. What if God never planned for Mary to be in a birth suite? What if he never wanted her in an inn? The prophet Micah is the one who prophesied that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And Micah 5 too, it says this, but you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, are only a small village in Judah, yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from the distant past. But a few verses before that, in chapter four, verse eight, Micah says this, as for you, watchtower of the flock, in a Hebrew, that's Migdol Eder, stronghold of daughter Zion, the former dominion will be restored to you. Kingship will come to daughter Jerusalem. What is this Migdol Eder that uh, Micah is talking about? It was a watchtower with a place underneath where the shepherds uh, would use during lambing season to shelter newborn lambs. Uh, these were the lambs that would serve in the temple. Middle Eater was located in Bethlehem and some scholars say that this is where uh, Jesus was born. When the angels told the shepherds that the baby would be wrapped in swaddling clothes and Lying in a, in a manger, they seemed to know exactly where the manger would be. It seemed that they knew exactly where to look. What if the mission didn't call for a crib or a hotel room? What if the mission called for the Lamb of God to be born where lambs were born? He slept where lambs slept. He was even tended to by shepherds. It was only fitting that shepherds came to honor the Lamb of God. God. And so when you zoom out and look at the whole picture, you see that God was doing something greater than you realize. God, I have to give it to you. You understood the assignment. God wasn't Mary and Joseph's travel agent. He was the author and finisher of their faith. 
He wasn't a construction worker to make sure there were no potholes in the road, uh, uh, but he was their pilot to help them soar above the storm. You better be glad there was no room in the end. Uh, there was no paperwork. There was no credit card statement. There was no forwarding address when they had to skip the country speedily. They were hidden in a place where no one could find them. The wise man needed a star to get them. And the shepherds had inside information. And when you think about it, uh, the kings from the east brought them everything they needed for the trip. They didn't need to be in a crowded inn, sleeping with a whole lot of people. They didn't need to be at Joseph's uncle's house uh, because they would wake up and the gold would be gone. The myrrh would be missing. Nobody could find the frankincense. They trying to get to Egypt and somebody's like, baby, don't go. I just made breakfast. God, I repent. I low-key was mad that there wasn't room in the end, but there was room in the plan. They were right where God wanted them to be. God understood the assignment. I thought they should have been in a palace, but the mission wasn't about a palace. It was about a planet. 80% of the people on this planet today live on less than $10 a day. Back then, I am sure the stats were even worse. Jesus would have never been able to accomplish the mission to save the world if he had stayed in the palace. We would never be able to accomplish the mission to save the world if we stay in the four walls of the church. We have to understand the assignment. We've got to make room for the mission. It's bigger than you realize. It wasn't that Jesus was just saving Jews. He was saving whosoever believed in him. Caesar Augustus, the one that declared the decree that everybody had to go back to their hometown. Caesar Augustus named himself Caesar the Most High. He wasn't a godly king, rather he was a king who thought he was God. He was not good to the people of God, but God still used him. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 12 verse one says that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and he turns it whichever way he wishes. God used a man who was blasphemous and did a host of other things, but there's one thing about God. You don't have to be in the best situation for God to bless you. You don't have to be in the best situation for God to use you. There's a story I love to tell about the single mom who was going through. She didn't have money for gas. She didn't have money for groceries. And she surely didn't have money to run the air condition. And so she would uh, raise her windows and she would cry out to God, God, please, you know we need so much. Hear our prayer. I know you can and I hope that you will. God, we need food to eat and we need this and we need that. And of course, as stories go, her neighbor was an atheist. And he's like, why? Why are you spending all this time yelling at somebody who does not exist? Why? Why do you spend all of this time praising and praying and all of that? There is no God. She was not to be deterred. She would continue to pray. She would continue to believe. And at the end of the week, there were groceries that showed up on her step. 
And so, of course, she is praising God and she is blessing God and the neighbor could take it no more. He comes out and say, I don't know what you're thanking God for. I bought those groceries. It wasn't God. I told you God didn't exist. And why did he say that? She went to praising God all the more and blessing him. He was like, what are you giving God praise for? I told you I bought the groceries. She said, God did it. And he made the devil pay for it. Hallelujah. God does not have to employ your friends or people who like you for it to work out. He doesn't have to use somebody that went to your high school or graduated from your college, somebody from your church or your denomination. God doesn't have to use church folk or even our folk. God will use anybody. He declared hundreds and hundreds of years before that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Mary was in Nazareth, a hundred miles away. She's six, seven months pregnant and she knew the Messiah was supposed to be over there. She had no idea how she was going to get there, but she understood the assignment. She didn't know how it was gonna happen, but she believed God that it would happen. And God used unlikely people. He used evil emperors and Eastern astrologers. He used uh, uh, all kinds of things. It feels like all of creation had a part in the story of Christ. The animals who lived in the stable, plants like frankincense and myrrh, minerals like gold, the stars were in on it. The angels were in on it. Humans, uh, people from the East Coast and the West Side, uh, people who were Jews and people who were not, representatives of all creation had a hand. God made room for everybody, blue collar and white collar, from the palace to the pastures, different nationalities and ethnicities, different religious backgrounds. God was touching and working and moving in them all. Why? Because God so loved the world and he understood the assignment. The birth of Jesus was a universal event and God made room for everyone who understood the assignment. And today he's doing the absolute same thing. He uses people that we probably did not expect. Uh, he's doing it in ways we don't always appreciate, but he's doing the thing. <laughs> the mission is getting accomplished. He's doing what he said. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12, it says, I'm watching over my word to perform it. God can and God will. It was Moses who needed to be in the palace and so for 40 years, uh, Pharaoh's palace did him well, but he also needed time in the wilderness. He needed to know how to deal with animals. He needed to know what to eat. He needed to know what berries would kill him. He needed to know what berries would heal him. God didn't forsake him when he was on the backside of that mountain. God didn't abandon him while he was out there. He had him right where he needed him to be so that he could understand his assignment. We've got to make room for the mission. Paul and Silas thought that their mission was to preach to people in synagogues. 
Paul had this dream of a Macedonian man saying, come to Macedonia and, and help us. And so when they go, they are looking for Jewish men to talk to, but they find out that there are no Jewish men in the city, only a few women who are going down by the riverside to pray. Long story short, they end up in jail. They end up roughed up by soldiers. And I'm sure they could have said, God, you could have kept us from getting locked up. I'm sure they could have said, you could have kept us from being beaten, but they understood the assignment. And so they praised God in the midnight hour. And as they began to worship God, the chains that were on them began to fall off. And the jailer, not a Jew, the one who locked them up came running saying, what must I do to be saved? And they ministered to him and his household. They understood the assignment and they made room for the mission. When we understand the assignment, we have to make room for the mission, but we also have to make room for the master. Now we want a savior. We want a sweet little Jesus boy. We want a provider, a redeemer, a healer, and a deliverer. Most of us are good without a master because that means somebody else is in charge and it's not us. That means somebody else is calling the shots and, and they may call something that you don't like. They may call something that might inconvenience you. Uh, the master might send you to Egypt when all your family is in Nazareth. Uh, a master might send you to fast for 40 days when you were expecting a baptism feast. Uh, a master might send you with thousands of people and only one lunch. A master might allow a storm to interrupt your sleep. A, a master might allow you to lose your job so he could give you a business. A, a master might allow you to say goodbye in death so you could say hello in heaven. Oh, we don't want a master. And many times we look at other people and we're like, God, why, why can't you bless us like you're blessing them? Why can't you do for us what you are doing for them? Stop looking at other people whom you perceive have it easier than you, better than you. There is somebody looking at you right now, wishing they had what you had, your faith, your miracles, your testimony. The key is not to look at them, but rather to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, because God is working something in you. It may not be the thing you think you need. Uh, you've been praying and fighting for this, but God has been preparing and providing for this. He's trying to take you higher. He's trying to take you deeper. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of men what God has prepared for his children. God help us understand the assignment. God help us to make room for the mission. God help us to make room for the master. God help us to make room for a miracle. We've got to get to a place where we say, have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. You are the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. And while I am waiting, 
while I am waiting, help me be still. God, help me to understand the assignment. As the musicians begin to play, I want you to spend a little bit of time right now asking God to help you understand the assignment. There's been some things that you have zoomed in on that you are upset about that you continue to tell God about. But now I want you to zoom out a little bit and see how he has ordered your steps. See how he has kept you and has never left you. I want you to spend this time asking God to reveal to you his perfect way. So your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. Spend this time asking God. Our gracious heavenly father, we thank you. We thank you that you've called us. We thank you that you've given us an assignment. And those circumstances may look like the, the assignment has been terminated, that it won't come to pass. Father, help us to understand it. And if we don't understand the assignment, help us to understand you. Help us to understand that you are faithful. Help us to understand that you have a million ways to bless us. You have a million ways to accomplish your work. Help us to understand you are the God that said that we could be confident in this very thing. He who began a good work will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Father, where we are foggy on what our next steps should be. Help us to hear that voice in our ears saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. You said if anybody lacks wisdom, let them ask of you and you will give it generously without reproach and contempt. Father, we are asking that you would give us wisdom. You said, call unto me and I will show you great and marvelous things that you do not know. God, we're calling out to you. We wanna see and do and experience great and marvelous things. The people we thought would help us, who have turned their back on us, those who are gone. Father, we thought that when they said no, that it was no. But until you say no, it's still yes. Set before us, oh God, doors that no man can shut. And Father, some of us need you to close some doors that no man can open. Do it for us, oh God. As we leave this place, oh God, anoint our feet to walk in your purposes. Anoint our feet to stay in your pathways, oh God. Anoint our ears to hear your voice and anoint our hands to do your work, your will, and your way. And we will give you all the praise, honor, and glory for you alone are worthy. And it's in the worthy name of Jesus we pray, amen and amen. Come on and give God a praise in this place. And there may be somebody under the sound of my voice who has not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Listen, you understood the assignment. You showed up today and you're still here. You understood the assignment. You listened and you felt God moving in and on you. You understood the assignment. 
And so today heaven is open to you. Jesus' arms are open to you and he wants to invite you into his family. Will you understand the assignment one more time and say yes to this great God Almighty? If that's you, I want you to raise your hand wherever you are. Hallelujah. I see your hands. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, God is moving. And there are others of you who even as you are listening, you may not have a church home and you need a place to grow. This is an amazing place to grow in Christ. Uh, you understand the assignment that it's not just for today, but it is for a faith journey and Relove wants to walk with you on this faith journey and so uh, the doors of the church are open if you will and they are willing and excited to welcome you into their family and so if you don't have a church home we invite you to make this your church home I want you to find either myself or uh, Pastor Paula and let them know I want to grow here. I'm so excited about what God is doing in your life. It may not be comfortable all the time, but you will see that it is the best place you can be. And I praise God for you. I praise God for what you are going to do in the kingdom. And I praise God for your assignment. And I pray that you will do it with greatness, with faith and with fun in the name of Jesus. God bless you.